it's a bit like what I imagine it's like with online dating where the picture doesn't match what you see when you finally go on a date with them. So try and bridge that gap and be a little bit more yourself. And of course, it's okay if you don't want to be too natural. Um, if you want to use filters or put makeup on, um, put a hat on, those things are completely fine as long as you're comfortable and you can still be yourself. Welcome to Small Business Talk for Coaches with Kathy Smith. This podcast is the ultimate resource for coaches looking to transform their coaching passion into a thriving business. Kathy Smith began a journey as a marketing professional in 2001 and has helped thousands of businesses to grow. Kathy specializes in helping coaches and is dedicated to showing you how to get your first clients and many more. If you are ready to take your coaching practice to the next level, then you are in the right place. Whether you are just starting your coaching journey or you're an experienced coach not seeing the results you desire, then this podcast is for you. Welcome to Small Business Talk for Coaches, episode 230. Today, I have special guest, Ra Gardner, and we thought we'd talk Instagram. I know some of you guys love it and some of you don't. So let's get some tips and trends for 2024 that might make you love it a little bit more. Welcome, Ray. Hey, thanks for having me, Kathy. You are very welcome. So what do you think we should be doing to love the platform a little more? The good news is the trend that started happening on Instagram at the end of 2023, which is continuing so far in 2024, is that you can be yourself and be a bit less polished. So the assumption that you need to have your face on, your hair done, you need to be sitting in a pretty location that people are going to love um, and have professional stylists and makeup done, it doesn't really matter as much anymore. You could just be yourself. You could be walking down the street, dealing with your kids in the background. Anything is a go. People want to see the reality of what's happening. Perfect. And I think that's definitely the way all platforms are going is we want authentic. We want to know the person behind the brand and we want to know the real person as opposed to all these beautiful photos and then you meet them on Zoom or in real life and you go, is that the same person? Hmm. Yeah. It's a bit like what I imagine it's like with online dating where the picture doesn't match what you see when you finally go on a date with them. So try and bridge that gap and be a little bit more yourself. And of course, it's okay if you don't want to be too natural, um, if you want to use filters or put makeup on, um, put a hat on, those things are completely fine as long as you're comfortable and you can still be yourself. Um, but if you're, if getting prepared to put yourself on camera for Instagram is what's holding you back from doing it, then let it go. It'll be fine. Perfect. And I think that's a, a real big thing, isn't it? Because batching's great and doing it all in one day and one go is fabulous, but it just doesn't work out that way with life. We have these things come up. We have coaching clients that reschedule or change so we've got a gap that we could use if we were ready. We have children, we have families, we have partners, we have all those other things that get in the way. So just being able to show up spontaneously sometimes really is the difference. Yeah, and especially if you're really fired up about something and you just record it in the moment and it's on brand for what you're coaching people on, it's a winner because people will see that passion and that's what people are really looking for. And that's how they will know that you're the right person for them and that they will want to engage your services. 
Amazing. I think that's a much easier way to do social media than it has been in the past. Social media can be hard as it is. Let's take that pain out of it as much as possible. Perfect. So what other things do you think we should be looking at in regards to loving the platform a little bit more and maybe the trends? Well, get a bit more comfortable with doing videos. I know that that's a big issue for a lot of people. Um, Even people who have huge businesses, they really struggle to put themselves on camera and it's okay. You don't have to be so worried about that. And the reason I'm saying that is that reels, which is the format, that's what Instagram calls their video content. So it fills up your screen. Um, Those are really popular and Instagram wants you to do those. And so you might as well lean into what Instagram wants you to do and just accept it and then just let go and just have fun with it. You can still have a conversation. You can um, answer people's questions. You can refer to a previous reel. Um, Yeah. And just, you know, have that fun with it, but you can do it on camera and let that out there and then follow what people want to watch. Excellent. And sometimes with Reels, it's great to actually get somebody to video it for you so you do feel like you're actually talking to somebody. And remember that you can do bigger ones and cut them down as well. So that can be another great tip to help you get over that. The other thing that um, we need to mention is that you're your own harshest critic. Nobody else is going to worry quite so much that your hair's not in the right way, that you've got to curl out of place or that there's a background that's got an issue. Just make sure that it's clear, people can hear you, be authentic, and if you've got good lighting, even better. Yep, exactly. One of my favourite people that I like to follow at the moment, she's an agency owner up in, I think it's in Noosa, and she will often be doing videos in her kitchen while she's waiting for her kids' dinner to cook because she has the idea, she wants to get it out, and because she's a thought leader in her industry, she wants to get it out there. And yeah, there's no reason to be worried about being picture perfect anymore. You just be you. Fantastic. And Noosa is in Queensland on the east coast of Australia for our Americans. That's right. Yeah. Beautiful part of the country. Indeed. Indeed. Okay. So we're being authentic. We're not being quite so worried about video. We're just having a go. What else should we be doing? Well, the other thing, if we're not doing it already, we really should be interacting with our followers and with the people that we're following on Instagram. Because if you think about how smart technology is and how your phone seems to know what you want before you know that you want it, the same is for Instagram. It's noticing whether or not you are spending time on the app and whether you're shouting into the void or what I like to call the scattergun approach, where you just post a bit of content and then you nick off they are going to notice that. So if you are spending time interacting with the people who are taking the time to comment on your posts or your reels or your stories, and then also engaging with them on their own content, and then also the people that you're interested in following. So there might be um, other competitors, and I put air quotes around that because I'm not necessarily a believer of that competitiveness in um, most industries. But if you start engaging with them, you know, you'll get that rapport and then you may find that traffic is coming over from these other profiles that you are interacting with. So make it more of a conversation and not just you with your big megaphone shouting out about yourself. And I think that's really important because a lot of people know that they should be engaging with their followers, 
but they don't always think about engaging with other um, Mm -hmm. pages and other people that are commenting. So if you've got a follower that's always commenting on yours, then reciprocate. Go and have a, a little bit of a chat on theirs as well because not only will they appreciate it, but people like them who are potentially your audience will also see you commenting. So that's another way that you can expand your reach a little more. Yep, that's right. There's like little breadcrumbs from um, Hansel and Gretel. So, you know, you're leaving a comment and if it's not just nice work, if it's actually something insightful, useful, someone will notice that and then they may click through and discover who you are. Yes, and if it's not one of these massive spammy comments that we're all getting our feeds bombarded with. They're revolting, (laughs) yeah. And you actually take the time to read it and comment on the content as opposed to just the standard cut and paste that will make you stand out as well. Yeah, basically treat treat your followers and the people you're following the way that you would want to be treated. So if they like what they're seeing on your account, they like, they comment, they they share. Um, So, yeah, do a bit of that and then the algorithm will start to love you that little bit more. Absolutely. I always say to any of my clients and anybody I'm talking to, if you can't go down the middle of the street and yell it so your grandmother will hear, do not put it on social media. 100%. It's gobsmacking the stuff that I see. Um, Some of the social media accounts that I help to manage, the comments that they get, particularly women, is quite revolting. Um, And people have a real sense of entitlement that they think that they can say these sorts of things in a public setting. It's really quite shocking. Yes, I think sometimes they forget that there's actually somebody behind those accounts and somebody will read them. Exactly, yeah. Your dirty washing belongs in the laundry, not on social. Exactly, yeah, exactly. Unless that's your brand, then you can go for it, but no. (laughs) Apart from that, don't bother. And the other thing to remember is even if you've deleted it, it doesn't mean it's gone completely, so better not to say it in the first place. Right. The internet is forever. Someone will have screenshotted it as evidenced when someone who has been cancelled, you know, um, any sort of celebrity, um, yeah, someone will have screenshotted something before they have decided to take a post down. So you just have to be really careful about what you're going to put out there. Yes, absolutely. Okay, so we're being authentic. We're not being quite so worried about video we're commenting on our followers as well as going and engaging in other accounts and other people. What else should we be doing? So we should also be getting a bit smarter with seeing our Instagram as a mini website. And the reason I say that is more and more Instagram is allowing your profile and your content to be searchable. In the olden days, which is, you know, a year, two years ago. It feels like a long time ago. But with Five Instagram, minutes ago. <laughs> yeah, just, yeah, just, uh, just when I last blinked. Um, with Instagram, you could only search by hashtags, which is why hashtags has been such a thing on Instagram. And over time, they have developed the app so that you can search and particular usernames will come up, particular names, so the actual the wording that you put in your profile to say what your name is, and your bio. So if you say that you're a search engine optimization coach, that can come up in search results. And now more and more, even the captions on your post are searchable. So it's a 
a new space. It's a bit scary for some people, but if you start thinking of these things as mini blog posts or pages on your website, and that if you just put some of the words that you're using in the images or in the video, put those in the captions as well. And that will over time start to show Instagram that you're paying attention and that you understand that you want your uh, content to be accessible, searchable, and that you can be found. Fantastic. So that leads us into hashtags. What's your theory on hashtags on Instagram? Oh, it depends on what day of the week it is. Some days I love them. If I have a client whose posts are doing quite well and I can see that the posts are doing well because of hashtags, fantastic. I love them. A lot of the time I can't stand hashtags in terms of content. I spend a lot of time finding the right hashtags and it's a bit hit and miss to find whether or not they're actually going to work. It's like with everything, you have to experiment and find out. Um But because of this change over time with captions being searchable in particular, it's in theory becoming less important to need hashtags in your captions. But depending on your niche and your industry, you may still benefit from having them. Um, So if you've got uh, hashtags that are doing well, don't ditch them, keep them in there. But if you're on the hunt for some hashtags in the hopes of getting some more engagement, you can give it a go, but don't be disheartened if you don't have any success. I've spent money on apps that are meant to find all the right hashtags for you. They really uh, they rarely do any better than your own manual labor of looking at your competitors and seeing what hashtags they use or pretending you're your ideal client and you're searching and looking for the right hashtags. So go with your own gut instinct. If you can't be bothered, just leave it. It's okay. But if you're having success with them, you might as well stay on board with them. And how many hashtags do you think that the audience should be Oh, yeah. That's almost how long is a piece of string. Um, from what I have seen, the posts that do better with their hashtags, they seem to have somewhere between three and maybe eight. Um, and then sometimes they'll even be almost in categories. So there'll be Hashtags specific to their brand or to the account and then um, hashtags based on the post itself. So if there's something in particular that's happening on that post, um, then some different hashtags might be thrown in as well. Um, But again, if there's a lot that you want to make the most of, chuck a few extra in and then you can check your analytics and see how that goes. Fantastic. And do you think the hashtag should go in the content or as a caption? Ah, so... I used to be in two minds about this, but I've learned over time that they should go in the captions more so for people who use screen readers because if if the person's using a screen reader because they have low vision or no vision and they are trying to read the post and they think, I'm going to read the captions, I'll keep going, and the first post they read is hashtag, 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 and it, it reads everything out to them then that reduces their experience. So you um, put them in the caption instead. And then that way, when people get to that point of the post and see that or hear the hashtags, they can skip and then move down to the comment section. Fantastic. Okay. So we've probably done enough on hashtags. What else do you think we should be looking at? So be a bit more deliberate with what you're posting. 
So you can have a thought, like I was saying before, you can think, oh, I'm really cranky about this or I'm really inspired about this conversation I had with a client and put that out there as content. But also think ahead in terms of where you want to see your account in a month, six months, a year from now and start seeding things that are coming for you and the services that you're offering. So you might be starting to tease that you're offering a new program or um, an actual product that people might be able to buy. If you start planting those seeds and even start using your audience for market research, so you could be asking questions. In particular, if you ask questions privately with people that are the most active with your account, then you can utilize that information and then start using that as part of your strategy for any new products or services that you release. Fantastic. And we've talked about reels as video. What mm-hmm. about stories? What's Ooh, your stories are great. stories? Yeah. So my tip with stories is if you do more than say six in a day, you're overdoing it. Some people use it as a way of sharing information with their audience that's not permanent uh, because obviously it's not showing up in your Instagram profile. So you can sort of be a bit more personal, you know, share other people's posts as well. But for instance, I've got a client who has, they're coming up to 50,000 followers on Instagram and a good post will, you know, get a pretty large percentage of that as people who have liked their post or even left a comment. But then once that post is shared to their Instagram story, they get at least 4,000 views. And that's not even thinking about the people who are actually tapping, clicking on the links, answering the poll questions, leaving a comment, any of those sorts of things. That is another, it's like the, um, the cherry on top. It's that little bit extra where you're reaching your audience because some people, and for a while I was one of them, I would only look at my Instagram stories. So don't discount that part of the audience because there are still people who are in that section of Instagram. So you might as well make the most of it. Fantastic. So is there anything else we should be thinking about when we're thinking of Instagram and how we can love it a little bit more? Oh, that's a really good question. So I would say get comfortable with putting something a little bit more personal about you out there. Not too much because you don't want it to become a personal profile, but if you start showing a little bit of the underbelly of what it takes in your business and with yourself to have your business, to be servicing your clients, it shows a bit of personality. And it doesn't have to be controversial. I have a client who shares photos of their dog, you know, and then if I'm a dog person, it makes me want to interact. And with another client that I do social media for, they have pets and those posts do better than any other. So even though it's not on content that's about promoting their services um, or um, their case studies or testimonials that they may receive, but if people are engaging with it, you've got to keep running with it because it gets people coming back. And the more that people engage with your content, the more that you're going to appear in their feed, in their stories, and you'll get more eyeballs over time. Yes. And we do business with people. So we need to get those yeah. connections and pets are a great way 
Even if you don't have a pet, you generally have a preference for a pet or you like a pet. And especially if they're they're cute and fluffy little dogs, then um, that quite often can be a great thing. Or for bigger dog owners, then that's another form of connection because, oh, all us big dog owners get together or all us little dog owners get together or cats or or whatever it had. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Connection is really, really important, especially now. And that builds back into the authenticity that we spoke about at the beginning, the video, because you can't, well, it's very difficult to fake video. You can if you're really clever, but majority of people yes. fake video, whereas yep. we can write anything we like until the cows come home. So yeah, that's, that's right. right. So yep, to exactly. wrap it up, Ray, is there anything else that you think should have been mentioned that hasn't? Let me think. Um no, but I will give an example of um, the trend of brands being more personal. So depending on the size of your business, if it's just you, you can still do this. Um, but if you've got a team working with you and you've got your business name as your main social account, what you can do is have some content that is purely you as more of a personal part of the business and showing some of what you do. So it could be part of your meetings that you're having with the team, with, um, sorry, with different team members. It could be part of your strategy and your planning and the goals of what's coming up. And even though that feels a little bit adjacent to your business, you can still do that because it shows people what your business is like. And more and more brands are doing this. And even though she's not a service, but Zoe Foster Blake, who's the CEO of GoTo Skincare, which is a huge Australian brand that is also available in the US. What Zoe does is on her own account, she will often post tutorials on how to use her products or opinions on what's happening with particular trends in her industry. But because she does that, it links in to her business and it just encourages people to engage. And her content is always really popular purely for that. And And so- Yeah. So even though, yeah. And so even though that example is product versus a service, you can use that same methodology to boost your content and just give you more ideas of the types of things you could be talking about. Yeah. And it makes it more real for people too, especially with a product like that, because how often do we buy things where we don't know the people? But if you look at Apple with Steve Jobs and Apple without Steve Jobs, it's quite different. And we really do engage much more when Steve Jobs was there and then the legacy he's made now after he came back and they realised that the mistakes that they had made by cutting him out completely. So having that connection and knowing the people that we're dealing with really does make a huge difference. You got it. Fantastic. At this stage of the podcast, I ask five questions. Are you game? All right, I'm all limbered up and ready to go. Let's do it. All right. (laughs) What's the best advice given to you by a mentor? Okay, so I was working with a coach in the last few months and one thing that she said, um, which I will translate into a quote from my favourite musical. So one thing people know about me within a few minutes of knowing me is that I'm obsessed with a musical called Hamilton and one of the lines from the musical is, follow the money and see where it goes. And my coach was trying to work out why I was struggling to grow my business in a particular area. And she said, but this is where you're making the most money. You need to follow that. And she was trying to break, get through those blockages and 
you know, when she said, is there a line from Hamilton that might help you understand it? It finally clicked. So, yeah. <laughs> nice. What is the biggest help you have received since starting your business? Oof, so many. I would say the biggest one overall would be referrals. So I've had some amazing friends who have referred me. I've had clients who have referred me um, and even some people who just knew of me in the ether of the internet and then when they realised that their friends' businesses needed someone like me, they came and found me and put me forward um, to pitch for a job. Um, so, you know, having these people around me um, in my little um universe yeah has been a really big part of getting me to these stages that I'm getting to which is very exciting fantastic what's the one thing that you have to do every day you're non-negotiable oh okay this is very difficult to admit to but I have to spend time on TikTok it is (laughs) my dirty little secret but I try to not make it such a dirty little secret because TikTok is Instagram two weeks from now. So often the things that you're seeing trending on TikTok will be coming soon on Instagram. So my argument is it's market research, but it's also where I learn about, you know, different apps that I use um, and different industries. So while there might be cats and other things that I like watching on TikTok, there's also some work-related things as well. So every day I look after the TikTok algorithm just to keep me happy. (laughs) What is your favourite business book and why? Okay, so this one has a title that's a little bit out of the box and it's called The Middle Finger Project, colon, Trash Your Imposter Syndrome and and Live the Uneffable Life You Deserve. I think that's the title. I've read it so many times. Um, And it's a book by an American... She started as a copywriter and now she's a digital nomad coach type person. Her name's Ash Amberge and she is amazing and she's just my type of personality where she's got, she doesn't hold back on anything. She obviously doesn't mind swearing because she puts swear words in the titles of her books. Um, But I've been following her online probably for about 15 years and then when she brought this book out, it was just like this big um yeah, neon light for me. And even though it's not a traditional business book, a lot of what she shares in there and getting out of the imposter syndrome has been really helpful for me so that I can grow my business. Fantastic. And what is the one thing you wish you had known when you started out? I started. I wish I had known to not fight the niche. So when I started, so I've been uh, working for myself in my business for almost two years. And at the beginning, I refused to be niche. I thought that was for everybody else and that I was special and didn't need to niche. But I have discovered over time that my niche, once I let go and started accepting it, that was when I really found my stride and felt more confident in running my business. So if I could go back to Yep, two years ago, rah, and say, snap out of it, don't fight it, just run with it. I think that would be very good advice that I may not listen to if if it was t- two years ago, me listening to it. I might not listen, but hopefully I would come to my senses eventually. 
And that's a very important point and a, a great thing to end on because a lot of people are really worried about niching, so much so that I wrote a whole chapter in my book, The Coach's Marketing Roadmap, about niching and making sure that you are doing that. And if for a marketing perspective, if nothing else, because we can't speak to everybody. So if we can niche down and get our messaging right, we will have much easier, much more enjoyable business and much more successful businesses. So thank you very much, Ra. If people would like to get in touch with you, where do they go? Okay, so I have my website, which is rahgardner.com.au. So that's R-A-H-G-A-R-D-I-N-E-R.com.au. And on Facebook and Instagram, I'm at Work With Ra, and I'm also Ra Gardner on LinkedIn. Fantastic. And we will drop those in the show notes so that people can jump over there and go and grab them. So thank you very much. Is there anything that we should have said that we haven't? I think that's everything. I could talk for hours, but I think we should stop. (laughs) (laughs) Sometimes we have long ones, sometimes we have short ones, and (laughs) they all have great impact. So thank you very much for sharing your knowledge. It's been great having a chat about Instagram, and we hope that your network will get as much from it as our network does. Thanks, Kathy. So SPT community, remember, enjoy your journey. Hey, did you enjoy this podcast? Why don't you go and check out The Coach's Marketing Roadmap, your step-by-step guide to accelerate your journey to a thriving coaching business. Thecoachesmarketingroadmap.com.au And don't forget to subscribe to Small Business Talk for Coaches podcast. Go to smallbusinesstalk.com.au for all the show notes from this episode. Remember, coaches, To be great, you must start. Pick one tip from today's episode, take action and implement it. Coaches, you've got this. Let's meet again next week at the same time and place. Remember, just start one step at a time, take consistent action and enjoy your journey.